on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, for lifelong Saints fans, talking everything Southampton. Welcome to the Saints Prime Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the 65th episode of the Saints Prime Podcast. Uh, it's with me, Ollie. I'm also joined with... Harry. Jamie. Mikey. Seamless as always. So we'll go through what we've got coming up today. We'll have a Tizzers quiz at the start. Um, questions that get sent in every week. You can find out how to get those in for uh, next episode. We'll go to our overall match preview and uh, Mikey will sum up press conferences. Let us know what we need to know for this week. So Tiz, do you want to give us your, your Tiz quiz? Go so for it. the only question that you yeah. can think of is that, you know, we scored, or we scored, Sadio Mane scored a record-breaking hat-trick against Aston Villa in 2015. But how many hat-tricks have Southampton scored since in the Premier League? Ooh. Okay, right, well, have a think about that. We'll reveal the answer at the end of the episode. We'll also have a guess ourselves, see how close we can get. But yeah, stick around to the end and uh, have a guess and see if you did get it right. So, uh, yeah, stick around for that. But next, we'll go into questions you got sent in. Uh, Tiz, if you want to go through them and let them know how they can get them in for next week as well. Saints Prime on the Instagram. That's how you get them in on the Wednesday. And on the Thursday, we will answer them. So make sure to get them. We've got a whole host, or whole host of questions. Fire them in. Fire them in. So we'll, we'll, we'll head in. So Dan Hurst 96 who said Southampton Cup. Remember Southampton Cup. Is he really? I mean, as you listened to all of the podcasts, remember we say, say this phrase, message in if you listen to the No whole way! Thing. Oh, uh, I felt I completely the put that so that. Uh, he also said, shout out to that dog barking. So Jamie's back in his natural habitat in London now, so you won't be hearing any more dog barking. But we'll go in to the first question from Dan he said do you think we can have two managers big sign for home games and Ralph for away um <laughs> so I think it's a reasonable request we can ask the board <laughs> alright guys um, can we just not sack Ralph but have an extra manager and um I feel like that's kind of what the not himself but I think as he slowly starts to recognise the Premier League the fact that one tactic works much more successfully away from home I think it's not a a downfall of the tactic well, is slightly but you know what I mean it's a very successful away game tactic and I think at home you just need one that's or just train the players to be a little bit more comfortable breaking down teams I think that's all it comes down to and I think him being slightly new in the Premier League he'll find that out as he goes along and I think he's seeing that now so hopefully we'll see something else there if, if we need to change it up it can come into it but I don't think it's too much of a concern what are your guys thoughts? Um, well we've only won three games at home this season and in the home season Premier League table, we are bottom of it compared yeah. to our way where we are fifth. So yeah. I think it's a bit of a concern, Ollie, to be honest with you, mate. Okay. It's very poor form, but I don't know. We can't really do much about it, apart from yeah. we can get yeah. rid of all the fans that are really negative in the stadium. <laughs> it's not that simple, though, is it, Jack? Apart from just, just, get, just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. Play <laughs> yours. Just pounce those. I've already kicked off Mikey, so I'm yeah. going to go to Tizar just to... Uh, Tiz, how do you think? You know, Is it too, is it a, a big concern for you, or it's, is this something that can be improved? It's a bit concerning that we've only beaten Norwich, Watford and Tottenham at home, but... You know, the next few games, you know, against Aston Villa, against, you know, the other teams around us in that sort of area, that's where it's going to be really interesting. Because since our turn of form, I can only think of, you know, there's two really dis- disappointing defeats against West Ham and Burnley. Those are the really bad home performances. But apart from that, I think we've been all right. You know, we've had home vic- a home victory against Huddersfield as well in that time. I know they're yeah. not the greatest team. That's still a victory that we've picked up. So I think, you know, heading into these next home fixtures that's what's going to be interesting to see if they really if they really is a big different difference home and away yeah yeah Mike care to weigh in uh, I think it's um it's definitely down to style of play the fact that um we sit off teams and like try and counter counter press them and try and affect the game in that way yeah. Um, and teams have learned that if they just lump the ball long, they don't really need to worry about our counter press because they can just sort of break it. 
Um, so they don't have to worry about that. And then we struggle with aerial balls. So it's sort of like we play into the hands of oppositions when we play at home and yeah. we then play against opposition and they play into the hands of us when we play away. So I think that's really how it is. And Ralph did mention in his press conference that it's a lot easier to counter-attack away from home than it is at home. Yeah. Um, so... I think he's now trying to think of a plan B in a way of trying to get the home home form uh, to. Yeah. It, no, it, was a big, it was a big part of the press conference, the home form and how uh, Ralph, well, Ralph talking about the home form and how he's trying to turn it around. Yeah. Uh, for me, like I think there's got to be, although two up front is very successful for obviously working hard to press and counter press and start those counter attacking moves. I, I think it would be quite interesting to see whether Ralph would be interested in putting one person up front and allowing an extra person in midfield to try and break down that that second block of four when the team lines up to, you know, be strong in defence and uh, block us out and us have to build them. I think that extra man in midfield can sometimes help to to break a team down and rather when you've got two, two strikers up against two centre-backs, I think it leaves a little bit of, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit too easy to kind of, patch up the spaces I don't know whether that's just me Jambo what do you reckon about what tactics do you reckon could break down the team when they're in two blocks to four well I'm not really a big football manager player like Mikey and Tizard so I'm not really too sure about tactics <laughs> you, don't just... to... wait, wait, wait. you don't have to play football manager to know about football <laughs> I think tactics. you do to be honest with you mate <laughs> Right. If you've seen me on Football Manager, I'm far from an expert. <laughs> okay, well, moving away from Football Manager and real life tactics, Jumbo. Any way that you can see us breaking down those teams that do set up defensively in two blocks of four and then, you know, closing us down, how do you reckon we can well, get past I don't them? agree with your saying about the whole um, having one striker and so can you really have more players' backs and cause the push of defence upwards and de- defend the attacks of the other position team. And we can just go. Around. I don't think it's about pushing the defence. It's more the fact that they're in a set line, and the fact that we've got to go in between those half spaces and create that, create a little bit of space and take our chances when we can. I don't think it's necessarily about pushing them back because they're already pretty far back. It's the fact that we've got to try and find that space and do something when we once we get in that space. I think at the moment it's just too easy to block us out and close and restrict the space to into our own half, and they just sit deep. So. My I, I think from from last weekend, uh, we, me and Jamie were especially saying this that when Buffal was on the pitch, he changed it because yeah. he was he was floating between those half spaces. He was creating those bits of space, um, and I think maybe maybe a way. I, I don't know if this is just a little bit harsh on Buffal, but Buffal does not play well away from home. I don't know if it's just the atmosphere or the fact that he, like, when playing away from home, he will get battered and kicked and won't really be given the fouls by the ref or something like that. I don't know. But Buffard doesn't seem to play well away from home, but at home he seems to play quite well. Yeah. So maybe play Buffal for the home game because Armstrong Redmond, they're fantastic workers and you know that they're going to work hard. So away from home, they will be fine because they can play the pressing style and everything like that. Buffal yeah. maybe at home be a bit more of a creative force because he can get in those half spaces. He can find the spaces. He can find the passes and he can create the chances that maybe we're missing out on. Because it was when Buffal went off the pitch, we had nothing. We mm. had nothing to offer. So... That, that's just a suggestion maybe put Booth out I think that I think that is a really good point because I think Booth is one of those players that constantly gets positive atmosphere from the home fans whereas a lot of other players quickly get negative opinions on them at home so I think Booth is one of those fortunate players that people give him a lot of chances and he only has to do one thing right and suddenly the crowd are behind him and he really lifts the stadium up so would you agree Booth at home Harry is a good way of trying to break teams down yeah, I think I think so. I think you know, his, his, all of his good performances or all of his goals, bar one, have also came from home. I can't individually think of a really good performance he's had away from home. So I, I agree with Mikey. Similar to Josh Sims in that way, that at home he's normally quite consistent, if I can say that. But away from home, you know, he's not quite you know on the ball. So I think that'd be a fair enough tactic. But you know, now he's possibly out injured. We've only really got two wingers left, so it'll be interesting to see coming in. So when he's back fit where it will fit into the team. Good point, good point. Right, should we go for the next question? Right, we need to absolutely sprint through some of these. So the next okay, one also comes from Dan Hurst and says, it goes to say that teams know how to play against us. Now they just give us the ball. That's us. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts? I think Mikey got it spot on on the fact that teams are happy to give us the ball straight back because they know 
we don't I think some teams get stronger as the game goes on or as I think sometimes we kind of lose our momentum as the game goes on I think we do need early goals and need to be dominating and also taking our chances I think sometimes it's just too easy to give us the ball back and set set up and we don't break them down I think that's especially at home anyway I think that's the issue we see I think for me, we just we come off the back of playing two top six teams away from home, then mm. playing against a Burnley team that don't like having the ball in the first place. Yeah. So I think it's this sort of an, an unfortunate run of form that made our system look ineffective, where we still actually looked like quite a good team for those those patches of play. So when we play against Aston Villa, when we play against an out-of-form West Ham, when we play against Newcastle and Norwich, that's when it's going to be interesting to see if this tactic still works against the teams around us. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree, Mike? Tiz? No, not Tiz. Right, uh, Jamie? Jambo. <laughs> My Second bad. week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Any thoughts? Yeah, I would agree. You'd agree. Okay. <laughs> Mikey, any, anything up to free work? Yeah, nothing extra. I think Tiz had God, Right, Tiz. Go for the next one. Are we going backwards again or is it just a blip? What do you think? I think that's incredibly harsh. Yeah, yeah. Like, incredibly yeah, just... on one poor performance after a, a, a like a week and a half break. Like the fact that uh, I, I, it, I, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of games. It, it, we can see the next couple of games whether it's a poor run of form or not. But I think it's incredibly harsh to have one poor performance, well, two poor performances over the Christmas period, and then all of a sudden we're back in bad form. I, it's it's definitely down to uh, modern football now and the way that fans usually look at two or three games, and that is our run of form instead of ten. Um, because our run, I think our, we've had a very good run of form in our last ten games, and like just saying that. But you can have a bad performance. Every team has a bad performance. And unfortunately, our bad performance came against the Burnley side. That is, hit it long and get something off it. And they did get something off it in very difficult conditions. So I, I think it's incredibly harsh to say that we're now in another bad run of form, having lost one game. And this, uh, yeah. I think Anyone else? More no, I, I think you hit it on the nail on the head for me anyway. Yep. So next one, I feel for Chad and... But I think he's the start of the Ings, but you can't drop Shane Long. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be worth him having a couple of runs in the under-23s to get him just even finding the back of the net in those games? Well, I, th- I think Rav wants to keep him fit. would not risk injuries. So that's why he's not yeah. playing him in the but games. He's, but he's not playing him anyway. No, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm he's saying. He's, he's coming on for a five-minute cameo yeah. at the end of the game. There's not yeah. really a point in him being there. With Hoiberg and Bednar back in the day, they played a few under twenty three games and looked their first team players. So yeah. there's not there's there's nothing wrong just keeping them a bit sharper in front of goal in source of competitive fixtures. So you know, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Especially if he's fourth choice behind Obafemi now as well. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. that's there's not much of a chance of him breaking into the first team. So you might as well play some football. Any football's good football to play, just in matches, because matches are different to training. So uh, if you can play in in-game situations, like start playing football again, score some goals in the under-23s, build his confidence, he might find his way into a first team. There you go. Yep, cool. So with a big fight, Fury between Wilder this weekend. What? Dan also hey. asked who's good, who would be the easiest to fight in the squads and who would be the hardest to fight. Oh, right, okay. Oh, so we no idea we on the wrong podcast or something. Let's be honest, Romayu would probably be the hardest to fight. Who, I'd who fight I don't know. I don't think I could reach Vestergaard's face. I think he's no, just a little bit too tall. Mm-hmm. So so easiest we saw. And we're all pacifists in this, so none of us Pacifist. would fight. But this is this is a high this is a hypothetical question. Um, I'd say Bufal would be the easiest because have you seen him yeah. go down? Like, just, go <laughs> just a little kick to the ankle, and he's gone right down. Well, up kicking boxing, mate. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> okay, punch him in the ankle. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Still. Um, uh, yeah, probably. I'd agree with that. To be fair, Romeo, I wouldn't want to go near, especially if he's angry. I think we <laughs> probably will if you took one. Yeah, be fine. I reckon. Question, please. It is hard. Okay, dokey. We've got. Does Shane Long actually know the offside rule? 
he's had ten offsides this year. He's been <laughs> offside ten times this Does year. Does Shane Long live offside? Do you know? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Does Shane Long live offside? Do you know? That was the that was the actual question. He he likes to run the quite a fine line, which isn't very useful when VAR's in play. Yeah. Because if he gets even a fraction wrong, he's off. Do you know, I think he's been caught out once by VAR, but that's Twice. probably because nothing occurs when the ball goes wasn't that Huddersfield and two uh, goals? Uh, no, Leicester. in the Premier League, it was Leicester. Oh, okay, the yeah. penalty against Leicester is um, yeah. the one that he's been caught out by. Yeah, it's well, in all, all fairness, like it, it is just the way that he plays, and it's the way that we're trying to play with a long ball over the top. If he's if he can run in behind and chase it, Problem, we're not getting a lot of um, a lot of occurrences when the ball is hit long over the centre-backs of no. the opposition. A lot of the time it's hit towards Long and then Long trying to get the knockdown. So maybe that's something we can try and do. Because Long's quick, Ings isn't slow. He's probably no. faster yeah. than most centre-backs in the league. So why don't we try and launch it over centre-backs? But that might also be a problem with them playing deep. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was my thing. If they play deep, it will just roll straight to the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what could be really successful is having... I know Ralph talks about the number 10. So if either Armstrong... Or Redmond come inside. I know Redmond's injured, but you know what I mean. Like if one of the wingers mm. do come inside into that middle position, and a uh, would it be a wing back pushes up to provide that width. If they're confident enough to run at that defence and try and get get a bite off one of those centre backs, so if one of them moves up to close down, or they just keep backing off, there's a good amount of space in that hole because a lot of teams now don't really play with that number ten. They kind of play either with a free midfield or. You know, like whatever. But what I'm saying is that number ten, if they do take up that position, they can try and bait those centre backs and try and create that little space in behind. Because we've seen it a couple of times and it's been quite successful. I know uh, Che Adams probably the highlight for me was when he put it through to Danny Ings and got that through ball, found that space, and Danny Ings one on one. You know he's going to do well there. So I think if we could try and utilise that a little bit more, I think that could be really successful. I think it's just you know, it just it would. It, it's whether it happens, isn't it? Whether they can take. I think Redmond as well is a wait, wait a pass. Sometimes can be a little bit off. So if he could try and improve on that something, I think he could be really su- successful in that middle because he's good at carrying the ball. So I think, yeah, like you said, Shane Long and Ings are pretty quick. So maybe those balls in the heart in behind rather than just lump, uh, lumping it. Yeah. Right. Predicts top four and bottom three. So if if we can, if anyone can think oh really gosh. quickly. Who's oh, going to get relegations? Jamie, oh, okay. who's the, who are you thinking? Oh, yeah. That's going to happen too fast. Me a little bit, That's a um, lovely noise to make. <laughs> <laughs> okay, relegation. One team, Watford. Okay. Ooh. I'll happily say Watford. Okay. Um, you don't think Pearson's going to do the job? Go down. West Ham, did you say? I'll, West Ham as well. I'll back to town. And Norwich, obviously. But Watford, West Ham, Norwich. Mikey, what are you thinking? Good. I'm going to go Norwich, West Ham, Bournemouth. Well, those are the three Ooh, that I want to go Bournemouth. down. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Norwich? Oh no! Oh no! Norwich, I don't want them to go down, but they're they're quite a way off now. Yeah, they're seven points off. Ollie, what are you thinking? I reckon it's going to be Norwich, Watford. Bournemouth. I think Watford would be stupid to sack Pearson, but I think they might if he doesn't turn the games around quickly. I think Norwich are pretty much set, and I reckon they'll be one that drops down. So I'm looking at, I'm thinking either Villa or Bournemouth, and I think if Eddie Howe doesn't get his team firing, they could probably get sucked in. I think West Ham will eventually turn it around just I because. Just said, like West Ham, yes, I said it too. You live right next to them. Think of the games you can go to. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be funny them having a sixty thousand seat to say you in the championship. In the championship, that would be that. quite jokes to you. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. I think it will be Bournemouth. Is I think there's a team that always kind of gets sucked into it, and yeah, I think maybe especially with all the injuries they got, do they have enough quality to uh, fight out in the relegation? I'm not too sure. Tiz, what are your thoughts? So you're saying Villa? I think Villa, Watford, and Norwich because Villa just can't defend. They can't keep a clean sheet. Norwich already seven points adrift, and Watford's are doing the the Swansea of a few seasons ago. They start well with a new manager and they dip. Who, who's going to get the top four? Do we all think Liverpool, Manchester City, and Leicester? Or do no, I think Liverpool think... are going to bottle top four this year. I can't see it. <laughs> wow. Well, they um, are mathematically safe from relegation, so yeah. I think Liverpool. I mean, they've, City... they've actually guaranteed top four already in February. Yeah, so yeah, Liverpool will get top four. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you made a bold statement to saying that Leicester weren't going to make top four a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 
That was about a month ago, and they've they've recovered well. To be honest, it's still yeah. it's, it's still possible, but it does look likely that Leicester will get it, and so do Manchester City. For me, fourth will probably go to Chelsea. I I think the United could climb back up and get it. Oh, personally, really? I genuinely don't think be that. biased, Jamie. I know, like, but just, <laughs> oh, leave this out. They, they've done, they've done well. They, they beat Chelsea, so Chelsea. Oh, be my this, is not, this is not what I think. This is what I want. I think the other United, I think Sheffield United will get fourth. Wow, Ooh. fair enough. I think they'll get fourth because they are brilliant. I think if Spurs get their injuries turned around and get them near the end of the season, I think they could make a push because Mourinho's going to want to try and get Champions League and. I think they've got the quality in there, but they're all just currently injured. So my problem with Spurs is that Kane's out to the end of the season. Son's yeah. gone into surgery, so they don't actually That's have what a I mean. yeah, like, They're playing Delhi Alley. Yeah, I think so, United they have quite promising games apart from Leicester, Tottenham, and City. That's the only really challenging games they have left of the season. Yeah, but it's United. They find the challenging games against like the lower That's teams. The thing, like top six, they do decent, but against the lower teams, they're players just don't turn up I think that's yeah. what it is so. the whole squad is Mario Lamina like that is how you look at <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Like, can't be bothered to turn up for games outside yeah, the okay. top six <laughs> anyway next question next Dana. question right. Trauma underscore daily 23 would you rather never watch football again or be a Portsmouth fan Never watch that again. Can you watch? Can, uh, God, um, depends. Yeah, on probably never watch it. it. Sorry, just, just it? probably support another sport or something. Just watch. Yeah. Support another <laughs> sport. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but, that's um, what you do too. Is with your seventy-two clubs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyone anyway, right now? West Brom kit. Yeah. Uh, well, they're going to be able to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place. Obviously, it's already been rinsed. Um, difficult question. Being a foot. Wanting to be a football journalist, it would probably be pretty difficult to be one without a supporter team. So sadly, I'd probably have to say be a Portsmouth fan. No, you'd you have to be unbiased, mate. Yeah, you could be unbiased and still. Well, you can still watch it without. Oh, no, you're not allowed to watch okay. it. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess you got to be then. Yeah. So just give up your dream, mate. <laughs> no, I can't okay. do that. Right, hype underscore Adam five. Should Shade Long start or give Adams a full ninety minutes? Mike, mm-hmm. John, out. Do you want to put in with the extreme? Again, I opinion don't think my opinion's valid for this question. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I think he should. I don't see why he should be knocked down. Jambo, is. I kind of want to see just give him a ninety minutes, just this la- last chance sort of thing. Last just chance. Last, last chance. Last chance sort of thing, oh my god. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be chucking those sorts Give him 90 minutes basket. before he goes to under 23 football, as you suggested, Ollie. There's nothing wrong with under 23. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like, <laughs> it's like, right, off you go. Go away. No. It's like walking the plank. It's not like you can never <laughs> yeah. come back again. Yeah. But I think Shane Long's done an effective job, and until we see a true level of detrimental results, we should keep him. Uh, second to last one, uh, Jack... Dot Kernock, Manchester City sell their players. Brackets be realistic. Who do you think we could get? De Bruyne. None of them. Uh, none of them. I don't think we could honestly. Like, because you think <laughs> the club, the the reason they signed is because they wanted Champions League football. If they're no longer in Champions League football and want to leave, they're going to go to a team that are in the Champions League. So you could get Bravo. Do we want? No, we can, we can, <laughs> do, do we want Bravo? <laughs> it doesn't fit the way this whole philosophy. Yeah. Ironically, the last question after him saying that, Dan Harris, <laughs> 96, do you guys actually respect Mikey's opinion? No. <laughs> Never have it in my life. A lot of the time, yes, but when he said that Mourinho should become our next manager, I said no. It's a 90%, 10% thing. 90% Mikey will talk really in-depth about a point and make some really interesting observations. And then the 10% will just be the maddest things that he comes out with just for the sound clip. So if it does go right, like he sounds really good. Now, we're going to do a podcast of the, the claims that we made at the start of the season and stuff like that. So I think there might be some interesting ones for Mikey. I know for a fact that's The 10% one... are definitely the best opinions that I have. Like The 90% just sounds sensible. The 10% yeah. are the best. But they're completely wild sometimes. So, yeah. It's it, complete it, it, Jamieism for those 10%. Yeah. <laughs> Jamieism. 
Okay. That's good. Well, there you go. So that's a, that's the questions. We spent quite a while on them because there's quite a few on. But uh, yeah. So if you want to get the next week, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If you want to get them in for next week, uh, have a look out and uh, yeah, get them in for next week. And we pretty much answered. Well, we answered every single one. So yeah, make sure you get them in. So what should we go for next? Um, Mikey, can I go over to you for your press conferences? Oh, can do. Uh... <laughs> See, I wanted a jingle for this, but Mikey wasn't happy about this. Wait, I'm not having a jingle for this. It, so um, I'll tell you what, this why yeah, not? beautiful. It's in the works. Have you heard it's it? Have you heard it? I, I, I professional yeah. enough for, for yeah. a jingle? I don't think we are. Well, I'm sure also, that Jamie like does edit it, so it's not going to happen da, da, anyway. Da, 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 we can debate this till the end of the night, but Jamie yeah, yeah. doesn't get it's, still, it's been over a week and we're still waiting for the latest YouTube upload. And that's <laughs> <laughs> What? Why did you upload it then? Let's not do this on air. Let's do this later. Mikey, press conference, nice and professional. Um, so yeah, uh, Ralph has sort of, uh, well, what's the right word to use? I want to say accuse, accuse the latest couple of poor performances to be down to injuries and the fact that players are coming in and not really know what they're doing. Um, he sort of said that that's probably the reason why Burnley wasn't great because I mean Bufal came in did well and then you straight away out the side again Cole Peters obviously new to the side as well um, he also said that if he were to have 31 points at the start of the season or if someone told him at this point in the season they'd have 31 points this year he would be happy with 31 points um, as we slowly edge our way to 40 points um, Cole Peters is injured along with Bufal and Redmond. Redmond out. They don't know how long Redmond's going to be out for, but it's going to be at least a month that he's out for. Bufal trained a little bit at the end of the week, but he's got an issue with his heel from the Burnley game. And Carl Walker-Peters has a calf injury, so he can't play this weekend as well. Right. Um, Hassan commented on Villa uh, changing the shape. Um, so since we played them uh, away from home, they've changed their shape and they've done quite well I think I don't really know the run of results for Villa I probably should have searched that up before yeah. uh, <laughs> and he wants he wants to turn St Mary's into a fortress which is something that we need it used to be a fortress and then it's yeah. sort of tailed off now and it's actually become probably uh, something that we don't want to do is play at home maybe we need to build a new stadium uh, yeah. he said that Jack Grealish is a fantastic player but um, he he also said that he's going to counteract that with the collective strength of our defence and our counter-pressing. Um, he's also said that that we're not going to man-mark Jack Grealish, uh, which could okay. be interesting, uh, depending where he plays. Uh, he's talking about VAR. Of course, we had the VAR decision against us uh, for the penalty yeah. against Burnley and saying that it works best as offside because it's black and white, uh, but everything else is subjective. So it doesn't really affect the game in that way. Um, and also being asked of why it's hard to play at home again, easy to counter away from home as well. Uh, Fair enough. That that was about the press conference completely. There we go. Well, there was a couple interesting points there. Obviously, uh, injuries. We can talk about that a little bit later when we go to our overall thoughts on the match. So we can kind of think about what's going to happen there. One thing that again we're hearing the thing about wanting to make St Mary's a fortress. Um, a lot of people on Twitter putting their own solutions and. It's you know it's all subjective how you think you do it. Jamie wants to ban all the negative fans, which I think may be a little bit unrealistic. But um, for you ban me, the negative fans, there's about five or six people that turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. That'll be a good atmosphere. I just uh, for me, I don't think there's any concrete change you can do club-wise. I think it's just a performances because as much as we like to think we're out and out supporters, our supporters are quite fickle, and if results are good, that's a bit better. Um, but I think. I think it's just passion, really. Like, if you see the passion on the players, the fans are more inclined to be passionate as well. So, whenever it's even like a corner, the atmosphere lifts up just because people want to get behind the players. So, as long as you see the passion from the players, I think the fans will reciprocate. But it's almost quite, a, a, quite. It's a hard to try and who initiates. Do the do the fans go? Because at the start, the atmosphere is always good, but it's got to be bouncing off each other. It's got to be fans do well, players, think- you know. The the Burnley game was a perfect example of why like sometimes it just the atmosphere is awful because yeah. the, the fans need to have something from the players to shout about, but then the players need the back of the fans to actually help them, mm. and it's sort of getting that balance right of yeah. like the performance has to be there on the pitch to have something to shout about, and then and then the fans have to back the players during that good performance. So that's and I, 
that's how it's supposed to be. And, and there is there is no simple like thing to do. There is no simple no. fix to a poor atmosphere or a poor run of form. Yeah. It, it may be due to tactics, and maybe we do need a plan B. But coming up with a plan B isn't very easy, and having to learn that plan B as well as the system that we're already learning, which is quite complex, it's mm. not as simple as that. It's also not as simple as just moving fans because then you have to completely redesign the stadium, yeah. put walls up, take walls down, everything like. That that and then you have to move people season tickets which people aren't happy about because they've right. sat in the same seat for like 20 years or so yeah. so it's 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 a tough one to try and like change completely the redesign of the stadium mm-hmm. and everything like that i mean you could go into all of the aspects about moving because a lot of people think it's literally that easy as changing the sections like i saw like the saints voice were trying to change them to put them into the king's north i think like down that area but you need like planning permission from the council and you basically need every fan to be happy with it for it, you able to do it. And things like safety zones and things like that, the the way they partition off the away fans, especially in high-profile games, and the fact that they send the northern fans down the, the northern walkway and they basically send the away fans straight to the coaches, they would have to completely redesign that to get the away fans from the itch inside to the opposite side of the stadium to the coaches, which could be a lot more problematic. So... Uh, there's a big logistical area with that as well and i think the fact that they haven't seen that overwhelming support from it is why they haven't pursued it yet so but, but i think you said this earlier that basically if you think of something that you want to improve the club have probably already thought about it and have already had a look into it so it's it's just another one of just be be a little bit patient something will be worked out in the end and like as as long as as long as you're doing your bit in the stand or your little bit of supporting however you support the club as long as you're supporting and being positive that's all you can do Mm. like and then it's down to the players on the pitch and at the end of the day like it takes i can say this now because it's happened but i went to the saints voice meeting 15th of april about and i asked about retro kits myself because i said a the website still had claw well on it and b the retro kits are such a good idea why isn't it pursued they only just brought out the new line of retro kits a couple of weeks ago. So that took just to make some kits and put them out. It's things like the sponsorship. So one of the reasons that they said to me why they couldn't do it straight away is because they the ones that we have are plain ones. So like the, the sash one that Tizard's got in his background, it hasn't got a sponsor on it. So they could do that straight away. They just had to get um, their permission from, uh, was it Umbrella? They may not even Umbrella, have the logo yeah. on it. Yeah. But things like Draper tools and things like that, they need to, chase up to see whether that's still got copyright and whether they can use it and things like that so it's all logistics they all have to try and work that out so everything you're thinking of it's already in the pipeline or there's a reason why it's not happened yet you've just got to kind of be patient they can't do everything in a week there is turnovers there are hold-ups and things that are out of their control so yeah just everything with a little pinch of salt i think uh, is the best but yeah anything else from the press conference that jumps out at you Interesting about Jack Grealish, but mm. last time we didn't really man mark him. It's just any time he came towards our left hand or right hand size, James Will Prowse <laughs> combined with our left back, back or right back to sort of yeah. deal with him. And it worked all the way up until about the 80th minute when he smashed in the volley, but you can't really do anything about that no. anyway. So as long as, we, as long as we do yeah. that, we should be completely fine, <laughs> I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's true. So anything else to add on the press conference? I think, again, fairly routine, but a couple of interesting points that came up there. Jambo, anything to add or...? Yeah, kind of sum that up, really. Yeah. Okay, so it's a little bit last minute, but we have got an interview with Neil from the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. We talked to him last time. It was a good laugh. It was good to hear his thoughts, so we're going to listen to that now. Okay, so we're joined with Neil now. We talked to him last time. We're going to have a little chat with him again. Neil, how are you doing, man? I'm very good, guys. Thanks a for asking me on again. That's all right. It was really good last time. Really enjoyed it. So we wanted to get your thoughts again. So uh, last time we met, it was just before it was end of 2019 and uh, yeah. played you a 3-1 result in the better of our favour that, that time. But 2020, we've had a decent start. How do you think uh, Villa are doing this this 2020? Uh, it's, it's a bit of a strange one, I suppose. Really, like our, our points is we've only gotten seven points from the last 18 since 2020, but we've there's a very definite point, I think, that our season has changed. And it it would be... Oh, and look, I can't really say that it's changed for the better or for the worse yet, but beating Leicester uh, over two over two legs and, and actually getting a striker in the January transfer window has made such a huge difference to our our season so far. 
um, you know, it's given such a different different comp- uh, complexion to the way that I suppose fans see the team, to the way that the actual team sees itself. I think as well, and it's while we while our results haven't been going our way, we're still that one point. We've been playing utter crap at times, and we've been playing utterly brilliant at times. We're still one point above West Ham, and we're in 17 positions. So I think there's a kind of a feeling of guys, we got away with being poor for a, for a period of time. Mm-hmm. And playing nearly, I think we played nearly five games without a striker, you know. So now that we have a striker and he's a pretty good one, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say he actually, he's, he's, we're all very delighted with him. You know, I think that our season does look like it's, it, it's, a, it should be on an upward curve, hopefully. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I mean, you sound pretty positive for it there. I mean, like, if it, if you're, if you guys are pretty confident, I think it's a pretty good place to be if you are confident in the actual players that you got there. Um, because, uh, it, it's it's easy to get sucked in, but if you're feeling confident, then I feel like it's a uh, a decent place to be. Anyone else got any questions for well, It was uh, Heaton and Wesley both got injured in there, and then Samata and Rainer have been brought in. I know they haven't played a lot, but have they made a difference? Are you missing Heaton and Wesley um, from the squad, or has Samata and Rainer done well enough to replace them? Great question, because last time I was speaking to you guys, we did have... Heaton and Golds, we had uh, Wesley, and we also had John McGinn, who got injured after eight minutes against you guys last game. Yeah. So there, there were three huge players. Wesley was a bit of a pariah, you know. People didn't really, they didn't know what way to take him. Uh, some people loved him. Some people said, "Get him out of the squad." Twenty-two million wasted, which for me was <laughs> absolute insanity. It's just new age social media speak, I think. But um, yeah, so we lost our lows in the space of two weeks, and the team. Kind of, there was an effect from that. The the driving force of McGinn, the I suppose the steady nature of Heaton. I must say, when Heaton went out or Nealon came in, he was absolutely fantastic in the period of time he was in. But we had no striker, and I think the team kind of didn't believe itself that it could actually play to that level. Also, we were missing Tyrone Mings for for a period of time as well, um, and we we had a, a a rotating system with our back two. At the time, we were only playing a back four. And our two centre halves, we had a rotating system. So it's when I said that there's a almost a definite point in our season when we actually got stability. This was at a time when we were completely in, we were unstable. I think against uh, against Spur, against that uh, Southampton the last time, we did go into the game ex- hoping that we would beat you more so than expectancy. And obviously, we know the way that game went. Danny Ings just destroyed us. Nathan Redmond just destroyed us. And Stuart Armstrong played the best game of his career. Um, <laughs> I think against us, and and it was just it was just impo- we we couldn't get anything going. We were playing. I think we we're playing Jack Grealish. Uh, well, no, Wesley played up front that day, but uh, he barely barely got any sniff of it. So to kind of answer your question, there you said that Samata and Reina have come in. I can nearly guarantee you now, if you want to make a few pounds at the weekend, put down Pepe Reina as man of the match. If you can put a bit, oh, right. put money on Pepe Reina as man of the match, I think he, I think he's actually been man of the match in every game he's played for Villa so far. Wow. The, yeah, he was man of match the weekend, um, and and I think he's been man of match twice twice uh, prior to that as well. We give away tons of shots. People <laughs> will, you will have twenty shots against us at the weekend. I know you've got like the nineteenth best home form, and and you're terrified to play at home, and you're way better away. Yeah. But you will have twenty shots the weekend, absolutely guaranteed. And Reina will probably save 19 of them. <laughs> you know, that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just what happens. So um, he's been absolutely fantastic. Look, he's a proven great goalkeeper. Um, he went probably, uh, like, he had been down the pecking order at Milan um, when he was there. But, uh, you know, uh, he was getting on in age and stuff like that. Samata has come in. Samata, I think if you were to ask for Tongan and, and Davison da- Sanchez, to name the top five toughest strikers they've faced this year in the Premier League, I think they will probably name Samata after last weekend. What he did was, they, they didn't have a clue where he was coming from. He was literally like, uh, there was one, one, I can't remember the exact time of the game, but there was one brilliant, brilliant time I made, I, I, I made note of it. Uh, he started off with Davidson Sanchez's right shoulder as if he was going to peel off around the shoulder and run off the shoulder. And Sanchez was expecting that. And all of a sudden, he just shot back across his body. Sanchez was completely out of it. And then he got in between himself and Vertonghen. Vertonghen, actually, I think he might have even fallen down. And we just couldn't get the ball to Samata. He caused consternation. As you can see in the first 15 minutes, Vertonghen's goal, 
uh, Vertonghen's own goal, should I say, in, in, in 15 minutes was caused because he hadn't a clue where Samata was coming from. Because yeah. Samata was running in between them, he was a nuisance, he was... He was he was actually doing everything for he's only five eleven and he's only about Jesus I'd say if he's ten stone you know he's not a very big guy not a very big guy but he can leap like a salmon he can get up in the air and he can get around guys so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, I'm not saying that he's the second coming of you know of, I don't know <laughs> but yeah he's he's what he does he does well and he does right and I think that he's in a known quantity at the moment and if. If those two centre halves, those two centre halves had hell with him, and so did he did exactly the same thing with the Leicester centre halves, Sianchu and um, and Evans, and it's just he's a difficult customer. He's a bit like Sadio Mane, except except he plays more centrally. When he gets on the ball, he's just a nuisance. That's the way I describe him. Like mm. he might score, he might score one goal for us between now and the end of the year. He might score ten goals for us. You just don't know. But I love his play and. When we do get people like Wesley back, or maybe if we were to buy another striker in the summer, he every striker is just going to love playing with him. He's that kind of a guy who's so selfless and just moves, moves, moves everywhere. So, yeah. short answer, I'm delighted with the two of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, they're definitely two to work out for him. And I remember last game as well, we said about Wesley and the predictions were pretty much spot on about what you said with him. I remember mentioning it at the game we were there and we watched it and saying yeah, Wesley's more interested with having a tussle than he is actually trying to get in front of goal. So, yeah, I'll definitely look out for those two. Tiz, Jambo, do you want to have any quick questions? Um, so if you if you lose the next few games, do you see Dean Smith keeping his job at Aston Villa? Or do you I, you- I do. I see Dean Smith keeping his job regardless. Absolutely regardless. Mm. There was a, um, a supporters' trust, AGM, and Christian Perslow, uh, uh, the... Uh, I can't. Jeez, I can't remember his 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 title. I think he's director of football or something. Christian Perslow uh, spoke at it, and this they, basically what he spoke about was building the club. So this isn't a club like he he more or less said Villa have got to the Premier League about two years or at least a year too early. And in mm. a way, I think that's refreshing to hear. He said, "Look, obviously we wanted to get to the Premier League, but he he spoke very well about a financial piece." And he said that if you look at the likes of Crystal Palace, Burnley, Bournemouth, not big teams from a fan base, but can pay, pay Premier League wages now because they've been in the league for three, four years at, at, in a row. Even though because of the financial fair play constraints, Villa are, yes, we've spent whatever, 40 million, but we can't pay the wages for people. So it's all well and good buying a car for like 500,000, but if you can't afford to put petrol in it, it's no good mm. to you really. Like, you know, and, and you can do that. So what he was saying was we're working still under financial fair play constraints. And this is coming, coming back to Dean Smith. He said that Smith is here working with Mark Harrison in our underage uh, academy and stuff like that to build a vision for Aston Villa to build. He's not just here to like, there won't, we won't be sacking him with six games to go and bring it in big Sam. You know, we're not going to be doing <laughs> yeah. anything like that. It's not going to be that's our, our Tony Pulis. If we go down, the, co- the club is comfortable with going down with our operating profits and so on. We're the fifth biggest, I think we're the fifth biggest merchandising, um, sellers of merchandising um, in in the Premier League at the moment. And the club said that that is huge for the club at the moment, that being financially vibrant is, is, is paramount for the club at the moment. Mm. They said... Dean Smith will be safe because they understand the constraints he's working in with the fact that they have to go looking for guys in, in Belgium. Bring them in. Yes, bring them in for 20 million, but maybe they're only earning like 30 grand a week. So they understand the constraints that people can be brought under. Now, saying that every one of those that were bought are have now maybe their, their price has gone up by 10 million, you know, since they've been in the Premier League because they've performed pretty well. Every, nearly every signing we've brought in has performed well, apart from Danny Drinkwater, who... <laughs> I could have told you that beforehand, you know, you know. I could have told everyone that beforehand, but uh, look, he was brought in just as a bit of bit of uh, a kind of an insurance insurance, but uh, he just hasn't worked out. But yeah, I think Dean Smith is definitely safe, and um, they've more or less said that. They said that they rushed to get uh, a contract extension, a four-year contract extension, signed with him because um, it's not just about being in the Premier League for Villa at the moment. It's about building. Like we understand, as as money is no object. We just have to stay. Like money is no object when we're out of the financial fair play piece. But at the moment, we need to have a coherent structure. And getting rid of the manager, they have said, is it, it's it's not going to fit in with the coherent structure that they see over the next three four years. So mm. I'm delighted yeah. to hear that because 
Jesus, to hear that there's a plan in Aston Villa. It hasn't been a plan in Aston Villa since Ron Atkinson was was over the team, you know, in, in 94. So it's been, it's just God sent to hear that, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll do one final question, Tiz. Do you want to get one in quickly? Yeah, sure. So we've, we're unbeaten against Aston Villa in seven games, but, you know, we've, we have quite a few injuries. You know, our home form isn't great, like you've said. So how, and we've lost our last three as well. So how are you feeling? Mm about Aston Villa's chances in this game? I'm more excited about this game on Saturday than I am about the League Cup final the week after. For oh, a multitude wow. of reasons. Uh, for a multitude of reasons that we this League Cup final... <laughs> the, the fans feel good about things at the moment. But as we all know, being football fans, and as we all have friends, there's always a, a, a core group or core element of fandom that will get you down very quickly. So like you get depressed about your team very quickly and you start to say, oh, sell them all. This is a joke. We're getting relegated. Every team has that. You see Arsenal fan TV, you see United. <laughs> Every single team has it. If we don't win at at the weekend, not only do Villa, like if, if Villa lose at the weekend, they're going into this League Cup final going, we could get beat 6-0 here and we're still in trouble in the Premier League. Whereas if Villa win at the weekend, they can say, at least now we've got a four-point buffer zone, provided that West Ham, I presume, are going to lose to Liverpool because everybody loses <laughs> to Liverpool. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. if we have a four-point buffer zone going into this League Cup final and we lose 25-0, it doesn't really matter. We've had a day <laughs> in Wembley and we can still come back to, to a fight, to something to look forward to. Whereas, and the fan base will think that as well. Like, we're going to Wembley hoping, we're going to Wembley hoping we pull off a Wigan or 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 somebody like literally just just make it dirty and, and horrible. We hope it snows in the middle of the game. It's <laughs> rotten. Some, yeah. yeah, something crashes into the middle of the field or something. I don't know. It's like it, we're not going there to play pretty football and beat Man City three 0 because it's just it, look. We know our place. But the big thing is that it's for a fan base. We need to be uh, Southampton for our own buffer zone so that we can go there and have a free shot at Man City. But if we don't beat Southampton, we won't have a free shot because it's literally. It's it, it's going to be tough, and I would say that you could even see some people like the club would. Uh, I know they won't do this, but the smart thing for the club would be maybe even to maybe pull some people out of the, out of the squad, some people who've had a lot of games and uh, out of the squad for the league cup final and concentrate in the league. Because if we don't stay in the Premier League, you know the league cup means nothing. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, there you go. Thank you very much for uh, doing the interview. As always, it's been really great to hear your thoughts and, uh, yeah, really interesting to hear it. So, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been uh, really nice to talk again. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Right. So, we'll go back. Bye bye. See ya. Okay. So, there we go. We listened to the interview from Neil there. As always, great to hear his thoughts. We're now going to go into match preview. So, we'll give our thoughts on the game. So, yeah, overall match thoughts on going into the Villa game. Obviously heard from Neil there. And if you haven't, go and listen to the podcast. It'll be in the description. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can go and have a listen to the interview with him. So, yeah, if you want to give our overall thoughts on the game, how you think it's going to go, what do you reckon? (sighs) (laughs) It is a tough one. You know it's going to be difficult. And it's now the start of our easy, well, not our easy, but the winnable fixtures that people are now going to talk about. Because you look at that, Look down that line and say this is where the points have got to now got to start picking back up. So uh, you got to say we got to try and start put some more points on the board. We've had quite a few losses now, so if we can try and pick up, it would be it would be the time to do it, wouldn't it? So I would ha- say these are the the uh, winnable games. I'd say these are the most important games. These yeah. next four or five games are the most important games of the season because we show under Puel when we had four or five games that we won in a row. Our little purple patch. That's how we stayed up that year. Yeah, that little purple patch. So we can have a little purple patch around here. Beat teams that are around us, which we struggle with highly trying to beat teams around us. Yeah. Um, we can actually beat them we are safe and we don't have to worry about it and then we can keep looking up it, it's like it's going to be tough Villa also know um, that this is an important game for them as well it's going to be a tough game it's going to be a scrappy game um, and I can't see which team are going to get it I, I've got no idea yeah. and the thing is with with Villa, with us we have to have a good team performance to be able to win mm. with Villa they can have Jack Grealish perform and they don't need anyone else to but it does sound like Villa having come off a 3-2 loss against Tottenham they are in good form they are in good spirits mm. um, they are confident and 
yeah, it's going to be a struggle, this one. So we mentioned it previously with the press conferences, having a couple of injuries. What do we reckon the eleven's going to look like then with these with these new injuries added is to this... the uh, difficulty? Are we seeing a return of Jan Valerie? He oh, is fit. He apparently is fit. So we could possibly see him back at right back, which will be interesting. Would you be open to that or would you play it safe mm. and bring Walprouse across again? I'd rather go safe for playing Valerie at right back than playing Walprouse mm. at right back. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. We need that, and we need the energy. Yeah, we need definitely. It's filled, and Walprouse will it's give not, him protection on that yeah, right hand side. It's yeah. not the same with Walprouse not in the midfield. I think it, yeah, it's proved, it proved. Romeo's fine for breaking up play, but if you need someone to be box to box and absolutely everywhere, you yeah. go for James Walprouse, and that's what we're going to need in this game. Because I think John McGinn's back for Aston Villa. I'm not too sure if he is or not, but McGinn does a very similar job to Walprouse in that he is everywhere and he will win the ball back and he will be able to play it. Walprouse yeah. is going to be a key player in this game. If he has a good game, I think we can have a good game. Yeah. Uh, so key that he doesn't get booked in the first 10 minutes because then he can't do his best. And centre-back rotation. We've seen Vestergaard come in apparently for his playmaking abilities. Do you reckon Benderak deserve the chance to go back in? Is that a sensible move? I can say I think it'd be silly not to play Bednarek in this game. Like, so like Mikey was saying that minute ago, Jack Grealish can put out anything from anywhere. We need to make sure we have our defence in in a strong defensive... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. A strong defensive <laughs> right, yeah, back <laughs> line. There we go. Yeah. We're used to playing to go against teams like this. Um, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure we played with um, Stevens and Bednarek uh, back against Aston Villa um, when we played them away. Yeah. The season. So I don't so, think yes. I see why we should change it around. And if we did, it'd be a bit silly to do so. Uh, as, Neil, as Neil was saying with um, Samata as well, is that Vestergaard, one of his one of the worst qualities of Vestergaard is his concentration and yeah. tracking movement. And if he's got if Vertonghen and Sancho didn't know where Samata was, how is Vestergaard gonna know? Yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's gonna be. Uh, I, I think Benarek is gonna step back in. Yeah, so Vestergaard's main role in that game was to be a bully to. Uh, Oh, what's his name? I can't. Chris Wood. Chris Wood. A challenger to Chris Wood in the air, and um, he proved the effectiveness effectiveness of him when uh, Vidra came on, and we had a little quick nippy player that he couldn't keep hold of. So, yeah, I, I think um, Benarek is probably the right option to bring back in. That's back five, sort of then, pretty much, isn't it? Or back four yeah. keeper. Uh, so midfield, we're hopefully going to see Walprouse and Hoiberg both fit in that double pivot. So yep. fingers crossed that should be okay. And then uh, attacking-wise, we're pretty restricted. It's most likely going to be Gineppo and uh, Armstrong on the right. They should both yeah. be fit, correct? And then uh, Shane Long, Ings up front. So it's a little bit weaker, but I think it's still a decent squad. How do you mm. reckon we we are successful over Aston Villa? What, uh, what are we For me... Their defence is weak and it makes it makes mistakes. They, you know, seen against Tottenham, we've got Shane Long who runs at people continuously. You've got Danny Ings that pounces on those mistakes as well. We had it at their place when Danny Ings was the quickest to Tom Heaton smart save for the first goal. We had it for the second when they lost their man for Jack Stevens. We had it for the third when uh, Marvellous Nakamba lost, sort of lost track of the ball in the box and Danny Ings rifled at home. The yeah. way that we did win this game or get points out of this game at the very least is preying on their defensive mistakes. The defense, mm. defensive relapses and just keep going because as long as we keep Jack, uh, Jack Greenish out of the game, which we should do if James Will-Prowse gives Valerie that cover, is through just outscoring them. Mm. And the I, chances got also, Villa, Villa like playing out the back too. They, they do mm. like playing a, a possession style. They do like playing the ball out the back and that will bring us hopefully to an advantage in the game of us pressing them high, especially if their defenders make mistakes. Mm. So, uh, yeah, to be fair, and we've got to make sure the chances do actually go in the back of the net if we do get, you know, like if we're pressing them, pressing high and get in front of goal. I know it's not Shane Long's biggest <laughs> strength, but fingers crossed if, it, <laughs> if he does get in front of goal, it's got to try and hit the back of the net. And I think I think uh, a couple goals our way will massively lift that crowd up. Would you agree? Getting, getting goals in the back of the net will lift that crowd and hopefully get them back on side and try and get that, that home atmosphere going again mm. 45% of goals that we've conceded this year have been in the last half an hour Yeah, and I think that is the most important thing and I, I know it's tough because it's been quite a tough run of fixtures a lot of games and we're still trying to learn this system we're still trying to get the fitness up but if we can take our chances early on it means that 
playing that last hour, half an hour is a lot less stressful than us just having a one goal lead. Uh, it, it is like one of the most, like we've struggled for years now of keeping hold of a lead. And if we can get this one over the line as well, I think that'd be a massive boot, especially with the small like run of games that we have been on that we have lost. Yeah, I, I think having a solid, a solid performance, maybe a clean sheet, probably not. Um, hopefully yeah. fingers crossed we can get this one over the line I know, I know it didn't have the overall um, outcome but you look at the Wolves game and think we were two goals up in that position and I know Wolves are very good at getting back in the game but I think if we did get to two goals up, when did we actually start throwing the game away when was it about 53 minutes so in the first half we went into that game 2-0 up I think we probably would now have the confidence especially against Aston Villa who are struggling just to get not just get the first goal, but go for that second and just give yourself a bit of leeway because I don't think Aston Villa particularly have as much quality as Wolves do to get all the way back into that game again. So if we could try and repeat a kind of, not the result because it wasn't a good one, but you know what I mean, <laughs> that form at the start of going for that second one and not just settling for the first, I think that would be a really good mentality to go for it. So The, the, one, the one real thing that I want to see, if we do take the lead and yeah. at half-time Villa change something, I want to see Ralph be adaptable. Because yeah, every single time that something's changed in the opposition that has affected the way that they play and the effect and has counteracted how we play, we haven't adapted to that. We haven't changed our system. I, I don't know if it's because there is just no way of adapting it. I don't know if Ralph is just so... F- like he just wants to play his way of playing and there's no other way that he wants to play. But we still have to be adaptable to that situation. It's something that Pellegrino didn't do well. It's something that Puel didn't do well. and something that Hughes didn't do well. And and that was trying to adapt the game halfway through. If it's not working, we have to change something. Mm. And we can't change it 70, 80, 85th minute. Like there's no, no point in that because that just doesn't have enough time. So if it's not working or if they've changed something, we have to change something as well. Maybe that's bring on someone off the bench with a bit more pace. Maybe bring Adams on, Obafemi, try and change the strike force, something like that. Like that but I just want to see Ralph be adaptable in the game if it's not working or if they're try if they've changed something let us change something um yeah because I, I'm, it's getting quite annoying when they've changed it and we just go ah now we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay so any, any... Oh, go on no go on Tiff. sorry thing is for me I think our formation oh, so the way we play will work because against Liverpool it didn't work because they are so composed on the ball and against Burnley it didn't work because they don't have the ball so playing against a team that's not very com- it, they, they play passing possession play but they're not as comfortable as Liverpool I think it will work because we're coming up against a team that this style suits perfectly. No, but what, what I'm saying is like against Wolves, it worked perfectly in the first half and then Wolves moved mm. to Dermatrao a little bit yeah. more central. We didn't adapt and that's when we got mm. done. Mm. Like So if, if it worked perfectly in the first half and then Villa changed system, maybe we do have to take off one of our strikers, bring Mayer on, so, so uh, hold that three. Maybe bring Vestergaard off the bench if they bring a big man off the bench. Like just adapt a little bit more because there's yeah. nothing wrong. If we've got a two goal lead and we go a little bit more defensively, there is nothing wrong with that. Mm. And then again, if it doesn't work, uh, that, that's I mean I'm to blame. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just where are time? If we wrap it up with predictions, then if you want to Ooh. rattle off what you reckon the score is going to be and uh, what you're going to predict. Yeah, okay, Carl's keeping a clean sheet, so I'm going to go for a three-one, same as the away leg. Three-one. Okay, very nice. Jambo, well, I'm going to go a bit negative and go for a two-all. Okay, two-all. Uh, Tizard? 3 0 3-0. 3-0, wow, and a clean yeah. sheet. I reckon 2-1 will be a decent, decent He's result. He's not gone 1-0. He's not gone 1-0. Let's go, boys. Let's go. Since we've stopped going 1-0, yeah. our form's dipped. So- I know. Do you, want me to, do you want me to do it? Do you want me to say it but not really mean it? Will that kind of yeah. change the weight? Okay. I reckon it's going to be a one-all. I don't know. I reckon it's going to be <laughs> okay, awesome. So that'll be sorted. Form's going to be fine. We're going to hit back on uh, back on form. Let's hope for a good uh, result. And you'll see us for the reaction afterwards. So make sure you stay tuned for that. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, basically, if you want to get in your reactions for after the game, it can come through on the Instagram. Tiz, you handle that. Just let them know how they can do that. 
Saints Prime on the Instagram for reaction. If you want to get your questions in on Wednesday, Saints Prime again on the Instagram story. Yeah, and to keep up to date with all the podcast information and all the basic Saints news as well, make sure you check out at Saints Prime Pod on the Twitter so you can see us on there. Notifications for when podcasts go live. Dire links to your favourite podcasting provider so you can listen to it and download it straight away. And if you can take 30 seconds to leave a review. Oh, there was a guy that left a review. I, I should shout him out. Um, we should probably done this at the start of the episode. But... Um, <laughs> was the guy if anyone can uh what's his name uh owen fantastic 10 left a five-star review for us thanks mate that really does help us with the uh podcast so yeah if you can take the time just to leave a review we will read you out and say thank you for it because it does really help us get out there and uh yeah just lets people see it so yeah thank you much for the review and thank you very much for listening uh we'll see you like i said for the reaction podcast afterwards it's been me ollie i've also been joined by harry jamie mikey okay see you next time keep the faith up the saints